Hi, everybody. Coming into this episode, we were fully aware that we would probably record longer than we normally do. Number one, Graham Dudley episodes are usually a little bit longer than my other co-host, only because we've had extensive conversations about many of these episodes way back when he was watching it for the first time. So we know we have things to talk about ahead of time. Also, because there's autism in this episode and how they dealt with autism in this episode. Because we went even longer than we originally thought we would, we are splitting up this episode into two parts. So you'll get part two next week. Also, during this episode, I mentioned a blog post that I found when I was researching something else. And I said, if I could find it again, I would link it to our webpage. I have found it. I did link it to our webpage. The blogger's name is Marissa Lingden, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And the name of the post is Autism and Eureka, or Why Allison Blake is a Big Jerk. <laughs> Give it a read. Other than the normal things that I put on our webpage when we post an episode, I posted a few other blogs. One that I found about this episode and autism, other than Marissa's, and a couple of posts from blogger friends of mine and myself about things that were discussed in this episode, like the causes of autism and how it's perceived, how the perception has changed or should have changed. So if you have time, give them a read. You might learn something, you might not, but if nothing else, it might be interesting. Again, because this episode went long, we recorded on two separate days. So if the voices don't match or it sounds like it's been edited in, it has. This is part number one. Hope you enjoy it. And remember to come back next week for part number two. Thank you. Welcome back to Yeah, That Can't Be Good, a rewatch podcast of the sci-fi original series Eureka. Let's get going. Hey, hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis, Season 4, Episode 2, Part 1. A new world. Carter, Henry, Lupo, Fargo, and Allison adjust to the new timeline. Original air date, July 16th, 2010. Creators, Jamie Paglia and Andrew Cosby. Written by Bruce Miller and directed by Michael Robinson. Thank you, Doug. Previously on Eureka. Because of his autism, Kevin's usually more comfortable with technology than people. Hi, this is Vicki, and I'm here with my co-host, Doug Gramley. Hey, how are you? For Season 4, Episode 2, A New World. And for all you Doug Gramley fans out there, this is his... We just had a discussion whether it was his third or fourth. I'm not positive, but this is at least his third in a row. Yeah, I don't want to be oversaturated and people start getting sick of me. <laughs> oh, that would never happen. So There's too much, yeah, too much of, of Dud going around. So for all you Dud Gramley fans, you should be absolutely thrilled that you're getting an extra dose of Dud Gramley. The one person out there, I know, I know they're out there. <laughs> this episode begins right at, after the group's return from 1947. As I said in the portion where we forgot to turn the record on, where I forgot to hit the record button, this is the episode where I realized that everything is going to stay this way. And I was upset because last episode, it was to be continued. And usually we have them fixing a problem by the end of the episode. And if they don't, it's to be continued. And at the end of this episode, there was no to be continued placard. So we kind of knew that this was it. And I wasn't happy. And I kind of remember you not being very happy about it either. Yeah, I wasn't uh, the first time around because, uh, you know, I I think the show had gotten into like a nice groove and the stories were all melding well together and the characters were all melding well together 
And then the, the next time I watched it, it was weird because this episode is just a continuation of the first episode. It's the same day. So it kind of threw me off because what happened was I watched the first episode of season four, the second episode of season four. And then I think I just got sucked in and watched three episodes in a row after that. <laughs> I think I watched five episodes back to back, you know, after yeah. one after another. And I kind of forgot about this episode a little bit because it was the same day as the first episode. So I had to go back and watch it a third time. And the third time is when it hit me again that everything has changed. So yeah, it was you got to stick with it because uh, it does it does kind of eventually get back into uh, into a rhythm. But yeah, there's there's a lot going on, a lot a lot of changes. So as we saw last week, Tess never went to Australia and they never broke up, mm-hmm. which puts a damper on Carter and Allison kissing before they came back to this timeline. Tess reminds Carter about testing Tiny. It's Tiny Testing Day. Yes. Jack's acting weird, obviously, because he doesn't know what's going on. And he she... wasn't expecting her to be there. No, no. Yeah. As far as he knew, they had just broken up. She wonders if he's acting weird because of the thing. Yeah. <sighs> this drove me crazy. I understand they're trying to keep him in the dark. But if you had asked somebody to move in with you, would you call it the thing? Uh, no. If you don't want to speak of it... Maybe you would say, is this about that question I asked you or something? Yeah. The thing was making me crazy. Yeah. But it didn't bother me until you mentioned it. <laughs> Sorry. And then, then after, you know, I watched it again and that, that's all I heard throughout the entire episode was them mentioning the thing. The thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like a little irritating. Like, yeah. Pick another word. Pick a different dialogue. I don't know. Yeah. It, it was just weird. It didn't even fit. That wouldn't be something somebody says. As they're talking about the thing, Kevin stops by and Carter pretty much almost passes out. He comes by to complain about his mother. Yeah. How she was late and he needed a ride to Dre's house. So Carter's pretty shocked because he's talking. He's out on his own. Yep. Um, They seem to be friends. They seem to be close enough that he would just barge in their house to complain about his mother. Tess has to go. She offers to drive him to his friend's house. We move on to Joe and Zane. Zane's still in the cell at the sheriff's office. And Zane's asking Joe to let him out because he has a date. Joe gets extremely angry and kicks him out of the jail cell. So he not only never proposed, they were never together. And he's just the obnoxious Zane we knew, maybe even more so. I think they pushed it even more in this timeline than his previous self. He was obnoxious, but this guy seems to be a womanizing pig, kind of, for lack of a better description. Is it me or? Oh no, you're you're yeah, no, you're spot on. Yeah, and I don't remember the old Zane. He was obnoxious and he was a pain and he was a criminal, but I don't remember him acting like that. Yeah, well, I think they wanted to kind of give the audience the sense that it's almost hopeless that things are going to go back the way they were. Everything's changed so much that she's not going to be able to get that relationship back because he's so different in this time off. And he is. So, I mean, it remains to be seen, but I think that's kind of what they were driving at. Yeah. I also thought maybe, although, like we said, we didn't see him behaving this badly 
when he first got to Eureka. But I also thought maybe they were trying to show how Joe's influence and the town's influence. Had he been with Joe, maybe he wouldn't be this horrible pig (laughs) that he is now. But I don't know about that because he's been in Eureka all this time. Although he wasn't with Joe. So maybe her influence helped make him the Zane that we remember. Before. You know, once he got over his initial, I came to Eureka, I hate it here, I'm a criminal. You know, once he got over that and started being a regular person. Yeah. It's almost like they're trying to say her influence. What changed him. Yeah. Or helped him become a better person or whatever. So Carter goes to see Allison. And she tells him about Kevin, how he talked to her. And he looked at her and how he seems to be a neurotypical kid. Carter then tells Allison that Tess is still there and they never broke up. And once again, neither one of them says what they're thinking. Right. Carter meets up with Henry and he says he feels like he acted like a jerk with Allison for not trying to explain the situation to Tess. Henry reminds him that he cannot discuss the time travel with anyone. Now, we talked about this yesterday, I think. At the end, Allison tells him it's protocol. At this point, I don't know that they know it's protocol, but they can't discuss it with anyone because they might mess up the timeline further, and they still think they can fix it. Yeah, I think the plan is to try and, I don't know how they intend to fix it, but they're still not sure why it changed either. You kind of find out why everything has changed now in this point. Right around. Henry says they're having the bridge machine move to GD. Carter wants to know how Kevin could change like that. And Henry explains that the causes of autism are not clear. And he says it seems to be the result of a series of genetic and environmental dominoes to fall. So this makes Carter believe that Kevin did all of this so he could change. How could he just change? The perceived present is built on events of the past. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. But uh, Kevin isn't an event. He's a person. And now he's a completely different person. The causes of autism are not clear. They seem to require a series of genetic and environmental dominoes to fall. So, Henry, do you think it's possible that he did it on purpose? No, that he targeted the five of us, he messes with the machine to send us back so that he would change. We're talking about decades of history here. The the calculations of probability and outcome are infinitely complex. Yeah, we're also talking about scary, smart Kevin. But not this Kevin. He's asking him if maybe, because Kevin was the one who was messing around with the machine in the first episode. I didn't think of it, and I kind of just glanced over this part the first and second time I watched it. as just like a passing conversation, but then I kind of thought about it. I mean, maybe, maybe he did. I don't know. Henry seems to dismiss it. Yes, but how many times has Henry dismissed something in Eureka? That's impossible. Oh, well, it's not impossible if you do this and this and this. Yeah. You know, and Carter's point about Kevin... He's a super, super genius. Right. The old Kevin's a savant. This new Kevin isn't. He's a genius, it seems, but he's not a savant. And I think we disagreed about this the first time you watched it. They know that Kevin did something to the machine, which helped cause this. Carter thinks it's intentional. Carter thought it was intentional so that he would change. Yeah. Henry doesn't think that's possible. I always thought that they led us to believe that it was Kevin and it was intentional. Although Henry doesn't totally dismiss it. He says they won't ever know his intention because the intention is in the old Kevin. The new Kevin knows nothing about it. And there's also the fact that there's, you know, a million different outcomes that could have taken place. Right. And that's Henry's point. But Jack's point is it's Kevin. Right. You know, maybe he knew the exact sequence. Exactly. But part of me does think that maybe he did do it. But then they just 
kind of they leave it there. They know it was the bridge device. They know Kevin tinkering with the bridge device did something, but they don't know if it was intentional. And yeah. they'll probably never know. Okay, so this is the part where <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. They had an autistic character in a show. And I'm disappointed that they decided to write it off. Just forget it. Yeah. I have to imagine it's because they just had no idea what to do with him. I mean, we haven't seen Kevin since I don't know when. So they right. c- couldn't just ignore him because now Allison has a baby. So we have to talk about that, the fact that she has another son because they've ignored him for at least a season. Yeah. So I'm kind of disappointed that they changed him. I'm extremely disappointed that they made it look to us like Kevin was the one who wanted to change. Like something in his life made him feel like he wanted to change. That is not the picture we want to paint for the world. And I'm so disappointed in the show for being that irresponsible. I tried to look up why they changed the character. But I came across this blog, and it was an old blog from somebody who was very upset about Allison being a terrible mother. As we get farther into the episode, you see that she does not want to change this. She's very, very content. She's very happy um, with the way things are turning out for her. She doesn't really care about everything else that's going on. Uh, She's just focused now that she says she has Kevin back, or she doesn't want to lose him again. Right. I can't speak to how she is feeling. It's a tricky subject. It absolutely is, because I should be able to speak to it, and I have a hard time. As I said a hundred times, my child, I would never want to change him. He's happy. Yeah. He has a good life. But my concern always is he needs supervision at all times, at all times, because he doesn't understand safety. He doesn't understand many things. He doesn't communicate well. He talks, but communication is a whole different story. So Mm -hmm. if something's happening to him, he can't tell me. You know, he'll talk to me. He'll tell me what he wants. But other than that, there's many things he doesn't understand. But he's happy. Most people would die to be this happy. If I were to live forever, there's nothing I would change about him. My concern has to be when he's older and I'm gone and everybody that we've put in place to take care of him after I'm gone is gone because he's going to outlive all of us. Now he's at the mercy of strangers. That's my concern. So I can understand her being so happy that her son can talk to her and that he can tell her what he understands and what he doesn't understand. On the other hand, no autistic person should be made to think that they're less than because they have autism. Right. So it's, it's a tough scenario. I'm just disappointed that they changed it. I just think they missed a perfect opportunity, especially back in 2010 when we didn't see really any autistic characters. Um, the last one I saw was Insane Elsewhere and Rain Man, of course. I just think they missed a great opportunity to spread awareness and acceptance and to show someone with autism who is not the good doctor and who's not like the character in Atypical, but someone who is mostly nonverbal and who we don't really know what he understands and what he doesn't understand. If they wanted to take something away, they could have taken away the savantism because again, like I said at the beginning of this series, that's not a true picture of autism either. Only 10% of autistics are savants and they keep giving us savants on TV. They missed a big opportunity to spread awareness and do some good. And um, as much as I love this show, I really think they blew it here. Rant over. When I was looking this up, I was trying to find if they ever did an interview or said anything about why they changed him. And I came across this blog, but like I said, it was this woman ranting about how they changed Kevin. 
and I understand that. But she said what a horrible mother Allison is because she left her son in an old timeline and she just wants to abandon him and stay in the new timeline with Kevin. Is that the way you see this? I see this as they changed history. This is all one timeline. They changed well, something it, in the it, past which changed this present. It depends on what you think of time travel, I guess. I've seen scenarios where they explain that if you go back in time and you change something and then you return to your normal time, what you changed doesn't change in the main timeline. It creates like a like an alternate timeline. Oh, really? Okay. Every time you go back and make a change or something, it creates an alternate timeline. So now... I guess what what that woman was was stating was that there's another timeline with another Kevin, which may have been the original timeline. So the timeline that they're in now may be the alternate timeline. All right. So, so there could be the original Eureka that we know with you know an autistic Kevin, and the five of them or the six of them are not there anymore, and they this five and six just happen to reappear in a, the alternate timeline. Okay. See, the way I always understood, it's not like some time travel, something you can understand, but like... Oh, yeah, no, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Like everything, like even Doctor Who and things, it's always said, if you go back in time, you can't do anything because it will affect the future. Pretty much, it seems like Dr. Grant was what changed their timeline. But because Dr. Grant came back, it affected the time they came back to. So I wasn't looking at it like there was another timeline with Kevin. I was looking at it like they changed history, so they changed the timeline they were already in. I think in this writing, I think that's the case. I don't believe that there is an alternate timeline. I think when they went back into time, they've changed their current timeline, and it's all just one linear one linear thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I took it. And if I am able to find that blog post again, I'll link it to our website. Before we move on, it was funny because yesterday I was recording the Star Trek Discovery podcast with Elizabeth, and right. there's also time travel elements to that season finale. We're behind recording Star Trek and we're ahead recording this Eureka podcast. So if me talking about the Star Trek Discovery finale seems like old news, it is because we are way behind recording that. But anyway, it was just coincidental that both things that we were recording had to do with time travel. And they both dealt with it differently. Elizabeth's writing a book about time travel. So I'm considering her a time travel expert. But when I asked her the questions I had about the time travel that they did in Discovery, her first explanation was, well, did you see Endgame? Right, yeah. uh, yeah. (laughs) Apparently, I have to see Endgame (laughs) to understand time travel. Actually, it poses more questions than than it answers. Than it answers? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, (laughs) it's a little confusing. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that that was the way you were going to explain it to me and it was the way she decided to explain it to me, too. Well, Henry mentioned something later on in the episode that I think goes back to what that blog was about that you read about Allison leaving her son in an alternate timeline without a mother. We can get to that towards the end. Go ahead and say it now because um, we don't have to go in order. Well, he just mentions at the end about if anybody finds out that there's an alternate timeline. Right, you're right. I mean, that says right there that there's alternate timeline, which means there's another one going on, but they're stuck in this one. Oh. He's explaining that this is how it works, is that you go back and you change 
a future, you don't change the future. Okay. I totally missed that, and I never thought of it that way. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's, that's what they're, they're getting at, is that this is a new, a new world, and they'll never be able to go back to their old one, which, in theory, is still going on. Right, okay. All right. Them. See, I never saw it that way. To go back to what that person was saying, yeah, I mean, for Allison to just leave Kevin in the original timeline, this is pretty messed up. Okay, that makes sense now. Like I said, even like from watching Doctor Who and everything, you know, he would travel through time and they couldn't do anything to change, even if they knew a catastrophe. Like there was some episode in Pompeii. They were there in Pompeii and they knew the the volcano and they couldn't warn people because if they did, they would change history, which would change the present. So I always thought of it as one timeline. So, yes, okay, now that makes sense. That blog makes sense the way you're explaining it and the way she explained it yesterday. I, I mean, I think that's what Henry was getting at. Yeah, that makes sense now. If, if people found out that there was another reality, another timeline, you know, maybe people would want to jump ship and try and get to the other one just to see. To see if it's better, or, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then we have to imagine that Allison knows, because Henry said it right in front of her, that there's another timeline. That it's not just the same timeline changed. I would think so, but I don't know. Okay. Well, if that is the case and Allison did know, then that blog writer's outrage about this is perfectly reasonable. I mean, it's perfectly reasonable anyway, but the time travel part of it, I didn't understand. But if that's the way it is, then yeah, I get it. Yeah. I think we're going to cut it here. Okay. Hey there, before you go anywhere, I just wanted to note that this episode was recorded back in May. I had mentioned a book my friend was writing about time travel, but at the time I didn't know the name of the book and I didn't know when it was going to be released. Well, coincidentally, her book is due to be released the day before this episode is due to be published. So if you're interested in time travel, the name of the book is Biding Time, the Chestnut Coven Temporal Protection Corp Series, Book One. I will put a link on our webpage with more information and where it can be purchased. And while we're at it, since this was an autism-heavy episode, I'm also going to put a link to her older book, To Explore Strange New Worlds, Understanding Autism Through a Star Trek Lens. I've read it. It's a great read. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, and happy reading. Bye. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Come back next week for... Part two of a new world. Bye. Bye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.